Hi, my name is Sokuren, and I am one of Sokuzan's monks. Sokuzan so freely offers his love to us and his wisdom through these talks, and never asks us for anything in return. If you value what he does and what he is, and want them to continue, please visit our donate page at sokukoji.org. Thank you. Good morning, good afternoon, whatever time of day it is, wherever you're at. The title of today's Dharma talk is, I'm keeping track of this one. Look closely, you humans, look closely. Look closely, look closely. When you look at something, you receive what you're looking at. Look closely. I'm using this as a way of talking about uh, sitting meditation, training your mind, but also post meditation. Look closely. If you're looking, you're not producing, you're receiving. If you're receiving, you're covering things up. Stop it. And how do you do that? You have to actually witness the way you keep knee-jerk, just spontaneously cover up anything you don't like. You've probably been doing it since you were a child. Watch what comes in. And also be aware of what goes out, but watching what comes in is very important. This is what you're receiving. The outflow is what happens spontaneously. And some outflows are totally important, necessary, need to be there, but quite often that is abused by the self-centered narcissistic mind, which wants things to be different, doesn't want to feel a particular thing, wants some parts of dependent origination that they take personal and want to shut those down. Without looking at it, just let's just shut it down. It feels like crap, so I probably should just get rid of it. This is what most of the world is doing. If you're on a spiritual path, you don't get to do that unless you're doing it. And then, of course, then it's your Dharma gate. Then you just need to watch that and look at that. Watch what is coming in. Watch what. Also, watch what goes out. And speaking of what goes out, speaking of what is spontaneously going out, sometimes in a, in a way that you, you're hungry, you, what goes out, you go to the kitchen. Very natural, ordinary. If what goes into your stomach doesn't work too well, it comes back out again. Very ordinary. So all outflows aren't evil. Uh, in fact, in infection, none of them are evil. It's just that they're a misunderstanding based on hope and fear, grasping, rejecting, and trying to control your world. You cannot control this. Now, you can go ahead and think you can control this and hide out uh, on stage left the rest of your life and watch out there. But if you want to see what happens in your life, you need to get to the front row. Not identify with every damn character that comes and goes. So watch what moves and watch what outflows or what you produce. Watch what you produce. And speaking of producing, watch what you produce. Watch carefully what you produce. Watch where it's going. Be aware. I see it. Be aware of what you're producing. And again, I'll say it, speaking of producing, watch what goes out of your bank account. Send some of it this way. Is there humor? I don't see any humor in that. Help us. What we're trying to do here is fundamentally work with the very nature of confusion and war. You're not going to find this many places. I'm not saying there isn't a, a mountain monastery or a, a, a San Francisco Zen Center, all kinds of places, Shambhala, every place is doing this. They're all doing it differently. And I'm not saying they're not as just as helpful as anything else. But if you're listening to me and you're listening to this, and this is somehow uh, touching you in some way that you keep coming back, even if it's just, say, I wonder what that guy's going to say next. And I wonder how people are going to interact with him next. And maybe you should be supporting this mandala that's very tiny. It's a monastery of a dozen people, not many. It's not Mount Tremper. It is not the New York Zen Center. It is not Pema Chodron. It is not Adyashanti. It is not, it is not, it is not the Sokokoji. You're here. What are we, there's 40 people on, on the Zoom screen. Maybe a few dozen more on YouTube, possibly, but 
I'm sure less than 100 people, not very many people are here, but you're here. So something about this teaching, which has been going on for quite a number of years, you're connecting with that. <laughs> Nothing is guaranteed to you. You don't get to just put in your time and attain enlightenment. It's not a transaction. It is other than transactional. It's worse than that. You don't get anything out of it. If you're getting something about, out of it, it is not the spiritual path. <clears throat> so help us. Go to the website, go to the donate page, and do what you can. There's no demand. There's no requirement. I'll continue to do this until everything falls apart, which, what? It will. Everything is falling apart sooner or later. So in the various realms, which I'm addressing the human realm, the human realm is the one where it is the most open. It is the most, it has the most seeing visibility, sensing, smelling, tasting. Also, it's full of jealousy, but it might not ramp up to the jealous God realm, which is the next one up a ladder, so to speak. It might not go all the way up to the success realm of, I have everything I want. I'm way ahead of everybody. Everybody sucks but me. I can't help it if they're having a hard time. They should just be like me, get a good job, be really smart. The world is full of people in the heaven realm. It doesn't mean they're not suffering. It just means that they cover it up most of the time. And, and that you can cover this up until you die, especially if you're not born into a difficult area like the hungry ghost realm, or you're not led in there by somebody teaching you how to be addicted to something. Could be your parent, could be your best friend, your worst friend. Could be any number of things, but in any of the realms, God realm, hungry ghost realm, animal realm, the receiving and production is much different. In the human realm, which is anyone who's listening to this is in, in the human realm most of the time. I'm not saying that three days ago you weren't in the middle of hell fighting with somebody because they were in your way or they were wrong or they were offending you somehow, or that you aren't three days from now on vacation in Bermuda and in you know, temporary God realm, pretty damn good. Nice beaches, sunshine. This is a life. What they used to call it? The life of Riley, wasn't his name? I'm not sure why the... What? I got something right. Life of Riley. I'm not saying you shouldn't enjoy yourself, of course, but it's very, 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 let's add a couple more to that. Very, very, very situational. Things are going well. It's, it's good weather. You're outside working in your garden, possibly. Maybe mowing the lawn. Maybe you don't like doing that. Maybe you enjoy doing that. Maybe that's really a pleasant thing to do for you, even though the lawnmower is noisy. But any one of those realms, uh, the, uh, they're so locked up, it's unlikely, even though the Buddha is there, the Buddha is in every single realm. How do I know that? I don't know shit. I'm looking at it. I don't need to know something. I don't need to know there's a table there. It's there. And it's also dependently risen. It's not there on its own. It doesn't have its own svabhava. It doesn't have its own self-centered kind of showing up. It's not separate from anything else that is showing up or hidden. Human beings. What was that talk title again? Look closely, you humans. Look closely, you humans. <laughs> I'm saying that for this time right now, you're not only a human being biologically, more than likely. You may be a, uh, an alien with a good disguise going on. I don't know. I don't care. Consciousness, consciousness and shows up in all kinds of ways. Consciousness always finds its own form. It may not agree with what you think. You may not like it so well. You may take exception to all kinds of things. You may think your idea is better. You see things better. Well, I don't see things better. I don't see any things. I don't believe anything I say. And you're saying maybe, don't worry, I won't <laughs> believe what you say. I'm all through with this guy. And you can be. You can go do something else. 
This is, there's no prison here. There's no cult going on here. And just about every Dharma talk I give these days, I try to chase people away. Get out of here. Go do something else. But if you want to hear this, then we'll do this together. How do we do this together? Just like we're doing it. You train your mind. You study the Dharma, which is provided in this particular mandala. You interact with the, the teaching, the teaching, or the teaching, the teacher, the community, in whatever way shows up for you. There's no success story here. That's the mundane path. That's the path of the, the other realms, getting somewhere, accomplishing, or getting away, or winning the war, or cramming your situation with as much uh, mind-altering, whatever, maybe. But as a human being, one of the characteristics of the human realm that is different, that is not found in any other realm, if it starts to show up in another realm, one immediately starts to move from that realm, the hell realm, possibly, into the human realm. And that is uh, transcendental nosiness. You want to know what that is. It might show up as why that is, but it's what is this? What the hell is this in front of us? When you go and face the wall, what is that? Rather than who did this to me? Why can't I get better? Why don't I improve? This meditation doesn't work. All the chit chat that goes on in the mind stream. Just receive that. Receive it as if your best friend is dying and they're trying to, their last few your words, you want to hear what they say. Listen, receive that. What is it? What is it you're saying? Gasping. Everything that arises in your mind stream should be treated that way. Receive it. Don't add on your commentary. And don't necessarily drum up a, a bunch of artificial compassion to cover up how you feel about it. Feel how you feel. Feel the feeling. Don't cover it up with bullshit. If I say shit, does that mean that YouTube won't let me have that on there? It's okay. Because I could pronounce it differently, shite. So why am I rolling forth with this kind of energy? I'm just saying it's, I'm trying to emphasize to you that whenever you sit down and face the wall, which I hope you do a lot of that, that whatever is arising in your mind stream is exactly what you need to look at. It's not like I need to get rid of that so I can feel better, so I can feel more mindful, so I can feel more this or that. It's exactly what you need to see. It is a Dharma gate. And you could have some curiosity about that. Be very, uh, anything that's showing up, be very, very uh, welcoming and generous in that direction. Come in, have a seat. How's it going? You don't have to necessarily have a conversation with your insanity, but you could at least be, as Trungpa Rinpoche said a long time ago, you can make friends with that aspect of your mind instead of fighting it. In that human realm, we can slip back and forth in that area. Even the human realm is full of uh, passion, full of uh, some aggression, but quite a bit of it is just grasping and wanting something. The aggression starts to show up very intensely. Suddenly we're sliding in off into that, that other aspect. Uh, called the hell realm. We're starting to get, we're so demanding. We're starting to get really upset because we're not getting what we want. And that what we want might not be wanting something to come. It might be wanting something to go away. But it, it's some kind of wanting of other that you think that you're separate from. But I'll tell you now, and you can receive it however you wish. Anything that arises in your mind stream is your responsibility. There isn't a tree in the world that isn't, isn't your complete, total responsibility. And we're not talking about praise and blame, not, not that materialistic kind of, find out who's responsible for this or that, and let's blame them and let's charge them and throw them in jail. So you could actually, when you come to the cushion, when you come to the kitchen table, when you stand in front of your, your husband, your wife, your child, your lover, 
someone on the phone, you can just put it on receive. Just receive that. If you don't know exactly what you're receiving, then probably there's a lot more receiving going on there than you might be cognizant of. The beginning, if not the completion, the wisdom is not to know. Not to know that the thing that starts to show up there, we start to name, we name, name it delusion or moha, Sanskrit. We, we, we try to get rid of that so we have clarity. We treat it like a cloud that's something else that we need to get rid of. And what's being said here is look at that. Look right in the center of it. Look way deep in the center of that. So that you see it. I can't see it for you. I can take this stick and bang on you, as has been done in ancient times. But it's not helpful to do that, the aggressive approach to this. Even though I may sound very aggressive, probably probably because I am very aggressive. Uh, aggression is dependently arisen. Passion is dependently arisen. And ignorance is dependently arisen. But there's no one home. There's no one that cares about the, getting rid of anything getting more of anything or, or shutting anything out. And in that way, uh, every re everything returns to its original place. You can't take anything away. You can't add anything on. What gets added on is dependently risen. You're not in charge of a pine cone 1,500 miles away in a tree 80 feet tall. You're not in charge of that. If you try to get in charge of anything, you might as well be working on that situation. You do not have a say-so. The illusion of having a say-so is the very nature of ego. Well, I guess I told him. He thought he was going to get away with that, but he's not, and I'm going to put an end to it. How many conversations have you been in with anybody where that kind of craziness is acting up? It's called a conversation. Stop having conversations. When, when I say that, I'm, I'm not saying... I know you can't stop. I can't stop. I'm running my mouth all the time. So I have conversations all the time. But if you put some tension on that, you'll begin to see the quality, the validity, the relative structure of the conversation between you and someone else. And you'll actually be aware of how much you're spouting off, producing, outflowing, and how much you're receiving. Quite often, you receive about 10% of the whole thing, and immediately the rest of the thing is all 90% outflow because you're so sure of it. You're so sure that they said, he said, they did. That shouldn't have happened. And this kind of energy, this kind of negativity that is so difficult to work with doesn't necessarily come from this lifetime. But also, you don't have to necessarily track it into another lifetime and somehow address it in the 14th century. Everything is available right now in the mind stream. There is no past and future. Relatively, if you believe in this world that you are a solid being, then of course, that's what needs to apply. And that's what most people are running on. If you're here, you're ready to hear otherwise. I'm telling you otherwise. I'm saying otherwise. I'm suggesting to you, look closely and see who you are fundamentally so you have no doubts. And if you have no doubts, there won't be any sure, any, uh, any, um, um, confidence either. If there's any confidence, that's relative and it won't last. Unconditional confidence is without someone who's confident. It's just complete understanding of what this is. It's called wisdom. There's, there are no words for it. Even wisdom doesn't work. And this is available to you. If you're listening to this person and you're spending some time sitting down facing the wall, whether you receive vows or become ordained is beside the point. That's up to you. I might never meet you, but you're listening to my words and you're hopefully taking your mind, body, complex to the cushion, to the wall and receiving what shows up. And that will help you. Everything that you need to see is available in your own mind stream. But you might need to step into this 
situation here and have someone say that to you, have a whole community say that to you, have 2,500 year old tradition say that to, to you. Jesus. You have a question? Other questions? Michael Bowing, what's the difference between being in charge and being responsible? Same thing. Go ahead. Jesus, I, I had a question about producing. Um, should we ever talk to others aside from the teacher about the difficulty we're going through? Or could you say something about what, what is Dharma gossip? Yeah, shut up. Be blunt about it. Don't tell anybody how you're feeling. I'm not saying if it isn't your partner or your mate or something. Keep it to yourself. Work on it yourself. I'm not saying you're saying I'm having a rough time. But I wouldn't elaborate too much. More? Jesus, I mind what happens when we start to try to draw in Dharma brothers and sisters to our, our stories, our situations? Um, we want support. We want confirmation. Or, or depending on what's happening in our own mind stream, the anger that's arising in our own, own mind stream, we're not willing to take responsibility for. In other words, it's happening here. And so we have an outflow called blame. They're triggering me. They said this, even though their intention could be angelic, wouldn't matter. But you will, you, not just you or me, but any of us will take that as a trigger that we get to go to war with them. Jeez, I'm bowing. What can we do to relate to this? What appears to be the strength of our relative stories and the and the impulse to find relative resolution? Just receive the story and be a, very uh, aware of the outflow outflow towards relative re resolution or blame or getting help from someone. And this is uh, so situational. Some people are able to relate in such a way that, that it's not only supportive to them, but supportive to the person they're talking about. So there's no, there's no standard where you can't do that, be, be, but be very aware for looking for validation for your, for your emotions. Well, it's because of them. Well, why are you feel? I don't know why I'm feeling this way, but I think it's because of what she said, they said, the, Every emotion that arises in your mind stream is yours, not yours as an ego, but yours as a mind stream. The mind stream is what we've mistaken for a self, and there's no self there. You can see this old man talking away. There's obviously a mind stream happening here. There's obviously a memory of, of sorts. Getting worse all the time, but it's still here. I'm still talking. What am I talking about? How do I know this? If you come to me and say, prove what you're saying. I said, if you need proof. You need to go see a psychiatrist or a psychologist or somebody that's willing to back up what they say with a bunch of theories. I have no theory. Just 2,500 years of a spiritual tradition of which I've been studying for a while. And you're studying too, hopefully. More? Jeez, I'm mine. What remains when we don't take a sign? Space. I mean, that's a simple way of saying it. But also just, just the open dimension of the space in which things come and go. I'm not saying that, uh, that the things that come and go aren't sometimes like leaves falling, very gentle, very almost musical. And other times they aren't like rocks uh, cracking and falling because of an earthquake or crashing into our house, gravity, or lightning strikes some trees and burns down the, the neighborhood and, and, uh, I'm not saying that there aren't that causes and effects, causes and effect is not happening in very difficult, aggressive ways in the physical world and in the mind stream. Go ahead. I have something coming up. It's not very clear right now. Okay. Um, when I was at one of our sister temples this spring, their entire program collapsed because of a faction. And they actually talked about it that way, that people took sides and the whole, everyone was kicked out of the temple. Mm -hmm. And I'm wondering, is there um, a reference point? Is there something we can return to? Because that type of warfare is so intense and seductive because it's validated. It's always validated. 
where can we return to to not get seduced into that mentality? I understand. I've been witnessed it myself in other sanghas. I witnessed in, in the Shambhala sangha, sangha, always looking for blame, looking for right and wrong, correct and incorrect. If you want to do that, then go ahead. But it's not the spiritual path. I don't care how self-validating you are, or if you've got 1,500 people all sending you texts about how wonderful you are because you're fighting against uh, this teacher or that situation. Don't do that. Don't take your eyes off from anything in order to generate ideas. Don't take your eyes off anything in order to generate what you think and what you should do. Do your job kind of thing. As they were yelling at the people in the political situation. You're responsible for all of this, but you're not to blame for any of it, nor do you get credit for any of it. It is a spiritual path. It is a path of transcendence. It is not a path of relative material gain or accomplishment. Realization is not an accomplishment. So there's no standard. I can't set up a, say, there's a standard, but it starts with little tiny things right within the Sangha. Mm-hmm. This happens on all levels. Like right now, politically, it's easy to get pulled into this is right and they're wrong. And even if that may be the case relatively, is there something we can do to reconnect with our inspiration or is there a touchstone? The best touchstone that I know of is your mind. And uh, when I say stop, I don't can't say stop, but be aware of the warfare in your mind. If you if you're taking the warfare that is in your own mind and projecting it out and blaming the world, whether it's uh, the the war uh, around the globe or the war in, in, in in the capital or the war in the city or the war in your family. Or the war in your relationship with another person. You are responsible for that. I mean, relatively, it always looks like he did this and hurt that person or shot that person. Of course, that's all there also. And there are things that need to be done to make that the outflows that we call an AK-47. We're going to do that to people. Or we're going to make that available to people so the only outflow outflow available to someone who is so engorged with hatred for themselves and they can't get rid of it, they can't bring themselves to kill themselves, the only thing they can do is find somebody who's just as pathetic and miserable, at least that's their projection, which might be an eight-year-old kid, someone helpless, and kill a bunch of helpless people and then kill yourself, which just happened recently and has been happening since I got here. In this maybe not as quite as widespread uh, news wise. There needs to be some way of working with this fundamentally. How do you do that? You do it with your mind. You don't necessarily do it by voting. Although if the voting structure is set up, then of course, participate in the community. Listen to what's happening. Listen to CNN, MSNBC, or even Fox News. You need to listen to what people are saying. Even the, the area where they're seem to be more crazy and don't do anything unless you have to. And I'm very biased here. What do you have to do? If you're asking me, you need to train your mind. You don't have to be a Buddhist. Although that's, this is where this is coming from. This is why it is still here after 2,500 years, because someone stayed alive and transmitted this warm hand to warm hand. You can't learn this from a book. You have to learn it from a living teacher. That's how it looks. Is that how it is? I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe there's some other way. Maybe you can just try to be more sane. Get a psychiatrist. I've spent enough time scolding everybody, so maybe you should ask me some questions. Excuse me, I have one more question. Go ahead. Is, is there softness or, or anything that might be considered softness when the teachings are feel hot? Say more. Um, I think when I'm receiving the teachings, it's easy to get pulled into my emotions. Mm-hmm. And so if the teachings come off as hot or aggressive, aggressive, 
Well, I'm obviously not making any excuses. I'm very aggressive. This is a lot of aggression coming out. But but there's no danger in it. None. It's just uh, lots of fire. Jason, Mike, what is humor, or is there humor as well in, in the teachings? Well, humor not as a joke, not as a ha-ha or, you know, pulling a prank on someone, but humor in that the utter spaciousness of everything is we take things so seriously. You might think I'm taking things seriously, but you don't know me very well if you think this is a uh, an act that I can somehow go into humor with. They're not separate. Nothing is separate from any from anything else. It just looks like it. And if you continue to join one side against another, like you said earlier, when the Sangha split up and there's no communication, cooperation, collaboration, it needs to be a lot of communication. And I'll go back to that. There needs to be a lot of receiving. So I spend most of my time receiving. Uh, the hour and 10 minutes or whatever I spend here a couple times a week and maybe on book study. Even there is a lot of receiving because I'm receiving questions and I'm doing my best to respond in such a way that'll fundamentally help that person rather than make things worse, even though it might not seem like I'm being that helpful. It doesn't take me long sitting and looking in front of, sitting down in front of someone or them sitting in front of me to, for me to see the way in which they're obscuring their Buddha nature. I see it right away. Is that some kind of great skill I have? Nope, it's not a great skill. It's just that there isn't anything but you. There isn't anything but you. It's just you. So if you come in front of this, uh, all I see is you. You may see a, an old man that talks too much or, or is cranky. I don't know what you see. I'm not concerned with how you, what you see. But I, the only thing I am concerned with is the vow. And I intend to do that as much as I can no matter how it looks, no matter, no matter what. Space, space around things. Anytime you see anything, if you see the space around it, then you're probably not grasping it, you're probably not rejecting it, and you're probably not shutting down. You just see the incredible spaciousness of everything. It's like looking at clouds in the sky. My teaching, the teaching that I do here, is much better if I have help from you. So don't hesitate to bring questions this way. Yes. Question from Cameron Youngs. How can I work with a relative situation without going to war and choosing sides? So there, uh, it's very situational. There's a lot of relative stuff going there, but uh, if you're doing sitting meditation and you're doing a lot of it, you'll begin to notice in your own mind the warlike uh, energy that starts to arise. It's a very, unless you see the, the small version of that, of, of objecting to things in your mind or pushing things in your mind and trying to get things to be different, then when you get up in your post meditation, your everyday life, and your more, shall we say, relative structure of going through the kitchen and talking to your your mate or your friend, your parents or whatever, and engaging with others, that that area, if you've not worked with that aggression and that taking sides in your mind, picking and choosing, picking and choosing, picking and choosing, right and wrong, right and wrong, they're right, I'm wrong, I'm wrong, they're right, they're back and forth, unless you've dealt with that in such a way that you don't, you don't uh, have any outflows or any production by way of trying to stop that, or add that on or explain that to yourself or justify it. Have a little philosophical conversations with yourself about who's right and who's wrong. It's, it's that needs to be done on the cushion. You need to practice receiving, practice receiving. And a lot of that crap that arises in the mind stream when you're doing sitting meditation, it's uncomfortable. Do it anyway. It's not a, it's not a, uh, it's uh, it's been called voluntary suffering because the first noble truth of the buddha is life is suffering and but but if you look at that situationally and from the relative or materialistic point of view you immediately say well not always not always suffering quite often there's a lot of fun going on 
and I intend to not miss out on it myself. The rest of you guys can sit in the monastery and face the wall. I'm going to party down. Go ahead. People do that all the time. Most of the world is doing that in some version, in some way. But you, if you ask me that question, then I'm not saying you shouldn't go to a party, but you need to spend some time. How much time is a? How many hours are there in a week? Anybody counted that up? Come on. Where's my... 68. What? 168. How long did it take you to do that? You just now did it? You want to stand up and take a bow? No. Oh, okay. Just checking. 168? How many of those do you sit in? How many of those do you do sitting meditation? 18 to 20. 18 to 20? That's not too bad. It's acceptable. So spend some time sitting down, facing the wall, and receiving. And then when you get up off the cushion, spend some more time receiving what everybody said. You don't have to understand what they're saying. Study the Dharma. You don't have to understand the Dharma. Find the, the text that's the most difficult for you. And study it. The Samdhinarambachana Sutra is a very difficult text. Study that with Sangha. Discuss it with Sangha. Ask questions of the Sangha. Say things about it that, that you, don't, you say you don't understand. I say the same thing. If you go into a museum and you want to understand what's in that museum, go to the, the painting that seems the worst to you and spend an hour there. Is that asking too much for somebody who spent their whole life painting? Is it asking too much for, for the, uh, a text like the Samdhina Machana Sutra that has been around for centuries, that is a root text of the, of the Chan and Zen tradition? Mind only. Is it asking too much that you come in and study it for maybe 15 times and you and you don't want to study that anymore because you just don't understand it? Really? You don't understand it? That's a misunderstanding. This is not conventional education where you pass a test. There will be no test. Do I seem to be getting mad? Then it's working. <laughs> Oh, divine. What is the um, importance of failure, failing to be to understand? Um, because that goes directly, that hits directly on the heels of the ego that wants results. That is, that's what is running this whole world is success and failure. It's taught in the schools. It's taught everywhere. Well, you can't fail. Or you have to be successful. It's because this culture is built on, on polarization. Successful than not, the, the people who control, and it's getting worse. If you look around you, there's all these people with incredible amounts of power, money, and just because the structure set up uh, for, to make that to, uh, make that to occur. So failure, from the point of view of the spiritual path, is to see through your mind stream and with your consciousness that that you can actually uh, experience your mind as it is which from the point of view of comparison to the relative world uh, starts to come apart. And then one more, then what is missed for a while, but not event, not uh, totally, is the causes and conditions that have arisen from what I'm going to call other lifetimes. Because those are showing up. I'm not saying you had another lifetime, probably not. And you can't have another lifetime because there isn't anybody in the first place. There are no individuals, so nobody can transmigrate. But that doesn't mean that something in the uh, 10th century, some kind of energy isn't showing up right here uh, in your on your meditation cushion or in your relationship with another person. More? You say look closely in I those do. moments when we see that we don't understand, that we're failing to understand. We see the opportunity to see our ego. Mm -hmm. How do we look closely at seeing the ego in those moments? Okay. so. Uh, I gave you some instruction. You just came out of a retreat. I gave you some instruction on uh, uh, Zazen or Shikantaza this morning. You remember that? Yes. What did they say? Several things. One was my, my eyes. Yes. Um, you want me to tell you again? Yes. So you're looking at the wall. You look right. Every wall will have some kind of disfiguring spot on it or a dot or part of a, a crack or where the plaster bulges out. Find some physical area, and I call that the eye spot. Look right at it with your physical eyes. And then looking right at that with the physical eyes, use your peripheral vision 
to move in different directions and look around it. And notice when you do that, what happens to your awareness of what the eye spot is looking at. The eye spot represents the ego. It, it is not the ego. It just represents the ego. Use peripheral vision and use peripheral vision uh, visually and then use peripheral vision to go in your mind stream. Look at this and observe everything that's happening, moving in your mind stream without grasping, rejecting or shutting down. Uh, observe what, what your uh, left shoulder feels like. Observe what your clothing feels like. Observe what it feels like to be pulled down towards this huge ball of dirt in the middle of nowhere by what we call gravity that they can't even explain what it is. When they can explain, it's just not a very good explanation. Well, it's gravity, of course. Did I miss something that I saw? When we see our ego and we're um, looking peripherally, and that is our ego. You, you will eventually see the ego, but when you see the ego, you'll see that it's unreal at the same time. You can't see their ego without seeing that the ego is unreal. If you think you're seeing your ego, this is the, the very ploy of ego to maintain its identity and its lifespan. Anytime anybody says, well, that's just my ego, though, that's the ego talking. The ego is able to sidestep and accuse the one who's on stage of being the ego, and it's right backstage. It's actually controlling all the curtains and the strings and everything and puts the, the alter ego out there or puts the substitute or the fill in. Follow me? I'd like you to repeat again by looking at the wall. Look at yeah. the wall. Look at a spot on the wall or a place on the wall and then move your peripheral vision all over the place, including on your body, off to one side, uh, down, down three cushions down. Move it around, Oliver, and receive whatever's showing up. And if you're receiving through that particular uh, mind stream of the sixth sense fields, the, the eye consciousness is the one that creates the strongest illusion of otherness. Sense of smell does a little bit, but it's like kind of start using the eyes to find out where that's coming from. Sense of touch is right here. So the, the sense of seeing is, well, everything's over there. More. So how does that help us see the ego or see that the ego is unreal? Uh, you may never see the ego is unreal. You may just see, see that what you thought was real is unreal. And, and it'll just par be part and parcel of the ego and everything else. It may, it may never show up as an entity that, let me get rid of that. Or I, you're unreal, so you need to sit over here. On the, you may never actually have a witness of the ego being unreal. <laughs> <laughs> I spent a lot of time looking for it too. It's unreal. You can't find it. It's unreal. There, isn't, there is no such thing. How are you going to find something that's not unreal? In a sense, you can find it, but it shows up as unreal, just like a, a horror show or a, or a, a Halloween mask. It's, it's real because it's there, but it's unreal because it's a mask. Yes. When we say on the cushion, what is this? Yes. What is it? It seems like it's uh, frequently a chance to see the false self, the solid self, the solidity. What's the question? Is there something else to be looking at when we, when we ask, what is this? No, it's just an inquiry to see what is something is moving towards you. Uh, you're looking at something, you're receiving something, thoughts, memories, emotions, whatever may uh, arise. You can say, what is this? You could actually say, who is this? Why is this will take you away from what you're inquiring into some kind of a, um, why is this happening? Because, 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 because. And then, then, then that translates into blaming other. Whereas you, when you say, what is, what the, is, what is this? Uh, there's still not a, no guarantee, but there's a better chance that you'll be right with what is showing up with and, and allows you to be responsible for what's happening in your mind. It's not about self-blame. It's not about that kind of I caused this, I did this. That's actually more self-centeredness. The actual responsibility is you're responsible for everything. Every bird chirp, every tree, every leaf, every human being, every person is yours. Not like ownership. 
but a little like that and and that it's doing exactly what it needs to do in terms of relative dependence or relative uh, um, interdependence or dependent origination, pratija samapada, whatever word you want to use, that there is no single thing anywhere because it's dependent on everything else for its singularity, including including your eyes, including your body, your nose, your face, your the clothing we make. Uh, everything is dependent on everything else. There's no singularity, just looks like it. And if you realize that, if you realize it totally all the way through, including your own mind stream, including your own personhood, then you're liberated. And you won't you won't feel like you're liberated. There isn't anyone to feel like that. The only thing that's operating here is a vow. That's how this comes about. As far as I can see, I'm not saying that someone liberated in uh, in, in Honduras uh, 20 years ago isn't operating as a as a teacher, possibly, possible, but without a tradition, without some kind of structure for it, it, it is likely to die out because it does not get any nutrition from the materialistic world, uh, unless it takes on some kind of theistic approach where everybody has to worship something. And then there's the money changers are down here in the temple, which has been talked about before. Another, another question from Cameron. Okay. Are there any situations where I should choose a side? I'm thinking of a situation such as what has happened this week with the Supreme Court's most recent decision. Well, that's that situation. Certainly, uh, if I understand your question, um, and you may be going a different direction with this, but I would assume that it's a, you see that that's uh, a complete imbalance of uh, of passion, aggression, and ignorance, where somehow this has come about. But this has been going on forever. Uh, this is nothing new. It just shows up as really extreme. And this has been a threat for 50 years, since 1973. So, yes, I would say, you know, we should, I don't even have to say it, we should support uh, women's right to choose, to put it in the, the same phrase that's been used. It's so obvious, but and it's so, it shows you the incredible blindness and the particular structure of the system we have of capitalism and and uh, um, corporate greed and so on. Corporate greed, are, uh, uh, corporate greed isn't just corporations; it's people that are greedy. People with incredible amount of money that you just use that to build spaceships or whatever instead of help helping others. Um, is that wrong? Well, it's it's a, definitely a misunderstanding. <laughs> Uh, because everyone who was here cannot, there's no, there's no, uh, as uh, Ponce de Leon found out uh, many centuries ago, that there's no fountain of youth in the, in the, the, what is that big peninsula down there where everybody retires to? What's that called? Nope. Huh? Long Island? Pine Island. Pine Island. Okay, Florida. Who said that? <laughs> Mark, did you say that? No. I thought it. <laughs> you thought it. It was Kevin. That darn Kevin. You're going to have to stop showing off. I mean, unless you really want to show off some more, then you could find a better thing to show off on than just that you know. Do you know all 48 states? Watch this. <laughs> Go ahead. It reminds me of one time when I, when I, what did I say that my son corrected me? I, I made up some wonderful number about, what was it, the distance from the, huh? Population. Or our population was, what did I say? 70 billion. 70 billion. And he corrected me. <laughs> yeah, like I wouldn't even know what that was. So. Very situational as far as the politics. Pretty hard to go in and and push over that incredible landslide of political junk that is and, and power and everything. It's just rampant everywhere. Everywhere you look, you see it. It's just a and it all comes from uh, uh, greed and wanting power and control and a lot of macho uh, 
Not that there aren't a lot of women that also tend to function in a very aggressive kind of way also. Not as many, it seems. There's a few I could name them, but I'm not going to. So I think the best thing you can do that can give you some some purchase on what is happening with your life, and even if it's only in your city, um, maybe in the country, but is to train your mind to see very clearly yourself. So you see this clearly, and you see that the people who are incredibly insane and and mistreat other human beings in such a way, even though at a distance, they might get their henchmen to all go in and do that through some kind of magical uh, snake charmer or whatever the hell they're doing. The best thing you can do is, as you've heard me say before, train your mind so that passion, aggression, and ignorance is brewing around inside your own mind stream does not get triggered you got it here and it's kind of hidden. You're feeling pretty good. You're in almost in the hell realm. Uh, whoops. No, you went right up to the heaven realm because you, it, it worked. The ignorance works for a while. And then that gets triggered and out comes this incredible, uh, hungry dragon looking for something, looking for a diadem, a jewel. So if you train your mind, then you can be responsible for your your aggression and not necessarily be triggered into outflowing onto others, blaming others for how you feel, simply put. If you have a, an emotion or feeling, not that someone didn't trigger it, but it's your feeling. No praise, no blame. Don't do it. Train your mind. Sit down a lot. Face the wall a lot. Hi, this is Chiezan, the prior at Sokokoji Buddhist Monastery. Sokozan offers these talks without expecting anything in return. If you value these talks and would like them to continue, please visit our donate page at www.sokokoji.org. Thank you.